welcome to the Death Empath Show, where we get feely and talk about all things death, dark, real, and shadowy. Hello, I'm Jessica Reese Spendeville, the Death Empath, also known as Death to Jess. I hope you enjoy the show. people. We are merely days away from a full moon and I am feeling the effects. Generally, I get a little tired, a little worn down. I want to take extra naps around this time. That's how I know like I'm prepping to kind of get into like a nesting phase. And when with full moons, I typically tend to want to read and snuggle and get very physical in a lovey-dovey kind of way. Oh, and then my favorite part of full moons or days before full moons, you get daytime moons, which are my absolute, absolute favorite. I love a good daytime moon. A daytime moon is when you can see the moon in the day. (laughs) And I just get so excited. I saw one today, like daytime moon, they're the best. All right, what's really great, and I'm excited about this episode is that I get to answer a question from you guys, from this community, this audience. It is a really beautiful question and it has to do about pet loss and grieving our pets. It is a two-part question and I got permission to read the email as is. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. It says, hi, Jess, I've been following you for about six months. I love your content. That's very sweet. Thank you. I am so grateful for your work and so excited for more episodes. I've been grieving my darling Zoe, who lived in a dog body while she was here for almost 17 years. All but six weeks of that time was with me, and I feel so grateful that we chose each other. On July 11th, it would be the one-year anniversary of her going cosmic. I've been looking forward to this anniversary for quite some time, not with delight, delighted anticipation, but in the literal sense that the time is ahead of me for now. And trying to think about ways to honor her, invite her into visit, and just to make sure that she knows that I love her very much. So my question is, what are some practices you suggest for death days and anniversaries? And the second part is, as a secondary question, how does one cultivate acceptance and compassion for secondary feelings associated with grief? For example, feelings of restlessness or anger. I'm intimately familiar with the big sad and the longing, and I sit with those and learn about them as they arise with relative ease. I have a much more difficult time accessing anger and restlessness with any amount of curiosity or gentleness that allows me to learn about them or even just let them in or out, I suppose. Thanks. So much for your time. Thanks so much for your work. And again, so looking forward to your offerings to the public via podcast. Okay. So when I first read this email, I got really teary eyed and I'm <laughs> getting a little choked up now. Animals mean so much to me in my work and so much to me as a person because animals have always played a huge role in saving my life, literally, not just figuratively. And so when someone shares, their loved one, fur family, their spirit animal. I I get super choked up 
because I understand that bond. I completely get the heartbreak that comes with losing these angels with four legs. So first, I do want to definitely answer you know, how you can practice memorializing or creating a beautiful ritual for death anniversaries in particular, uh, and also just how to call your loved ones in. One of the things when it comes to pet loss and uh, grieving our pets and the animals that exist with us is that a lot of people feel that they can't adequately uh, grieve or or talk about their loss for family with people because they get dismissed. At least that's what I get from people that I work with is that more often than not, they get dismissed and people will say really hurtful, painful things. Like it was just a dog. It's been a week now. It's, you shouldn't be over it. And I'm here first to say that it is absolutely a thousand percent okay, more than okay to grieve. We're talking about this being who is in your life every day. You had these rituals, you would wake up together, you would see them first thing, you would go to bed probably seeing their face. Animals see us in the most vulnerable ways. Our pets, our animals see us in ways that even other human beings don't get to see us. They see us in our nakedness. They see us in our emotions, in our anger, in our frustration, in our sadness. And so there's so much trust and love that is shared with another being. And when they die, it is so tragic. It is your heart being ripped out of your chest. You created this connection with this creature that doesn't speak the same language you speak, doesn't function the way you do, doesn't have these societal connections, uh, is just existing in, in a sense to be in partnership with you. You absolutely get to grieve your pets and the animals in your life just as much as you would grieve a human being and grieve that connection, that bond and not having them be a part of your everyday life anymore. Okay, moving on to death anniversary aspect of it. Death anniversaries, that can actually be very hard for a few reasons. But typically, that first year of someone's death, we are in kind of this processing and depending on how they died or the circumstances, if there's trauma involved. That first year, what I've noticed when I'm working with people is that it's almost like finally hitting your system in a way where you can really understand the loss. And so it almost feels like they died again. And, and this is usually what I'm, I'm referring to when I talk to people that I've worked with and they, they describe how they feel. That first year always feels like they just passed away. And so I always want to make sure that people realize and recognize that it's okay if you start getting like these feelings, these, this like anticipatory grief or any kind of anxiety uh, as the death anniversary gets closer. Although you may not be noticing the date, like your body kind of understands what I call protective mode and it's protecting for the, the huge like wave of pain and tragedy and loss and sorrow that typically comes with that first year. So ways that I try to guide through this is if you're feeling a little edgy or a little like angrier than usual, really lean into that and you're already probably grieving a little more than usual, that you're already kind of understanding that there's a lead up to the anniversary and that to be a little on edge is totally, totally understandable. 
And then if you can try to find someone to talk to about how you feel. I do believe in therapy. I do believe in talking and finding people that are safe. I say that all the time, find a safe person, go find a forum, or uh, even if you just follow Instagram pages or TikTok that talk about pet loss and, and how to how to memorialize or remember your loved one in their death anniversary is look at it as a way to sit with them again, to share them with others, to honor them. And not so much in a past tense, honor them in a present, present tense, bring your loved one to your present time. I love helping people figure out their bond and their connection and how they can celebrate it or show up for their lost loved one so that they can reconnect through the activity that they're doing. And what's coming up for me right now is doing the collage a vision board to have like a very physical a piece of imagery that you can look at as a way to have some sort of catharsis, but to actually put it in a place. And that's what I love about like a vision board kind of style or a collage of all these beautiful milestones uh, and how you got to see them go from puppyhood to being a little teenager to being a young adult and then to being this beautiful mature dog that just brought you so much love and joy. And, you know, I think that would be something really beautiful. And then other things that I talk about is bring out their toys, bring out their bed and build an altar. And I think altars, family altars are a really beautiful, special and powerful way to communicate with your loved ones on a daily basis. Pick a nook, a corner, wherever you feel is a communal space where you are going to visit or pass this space often and build a little altar for them and put their favorite toys and their favorite foods out, put water out, invite them in, call them to your space that you connect, especially on their anniversary. Light a candle, which is something really important to you, a remembrance candle, call them in with treats and all that fun stuff. This is another way to build to bring sacredness and ritual into a death anniversary but then this gets to live with you all year long. And then you can just sit at the altar whenever you really feel like you're in a place where the big thought is coming in or those waves of grief are coming in and use it as a space to sit with them and say, hey, I really miss you today. And you can journal in this spot. You can you know, do other rituals depending on the seasons. And again, it's all about showing reverence and honoring that love and that connection. And, you know, do the things that you think that Zoe would love to do. There's also going on a trip, if that feels like calling to you. Like if you liked going on road trips together, then do maybe a little, maybe one day, half day. And creating that kind of celebration of life and love and that connection that the two of you had. Really follow your intuition and your inner inner guidance and let your have talk to you really like ask them even if it's out loud how would you like me to honor you this year what would you like to do what would you like us to do together so again definitely build a sacred space altar where you can visit them and put out their favorite things building a vision board of them slash collage I think is also going to bring in some of that healing processing energy that's usually needed in the first year. 
And then for your own well-being, if you're having uh, a lot lot of anxiety around this time, if you're having a lot of like anxious, anxiety, overwhelm feelings, I love using animal movement in my work that when animals are feeling really anxious or overwhelmed, they tend to like shake things out. But you can also shake it, shake it out. So I hope that helps. Uh, so the secondary question is the cultivate and acceptance and compassion for secondary feelings associated with grief. For example, feelings of restlessness or anger. Some of us have a really hard time expressing anger because being held back or not being allowed to fully express your anger and your rage and your restlessness. If you were ever kind of shamed or were told that that's inappropriate. So just keep that in mind. The emotions that we have the hardest time processing, accessing, expressing are typically the ones that we want to kind of like step a little more into. The reason I say that is because it is kind of like your inner, your intuition, your inner guidance is saying, look, I'm feeling these things because they need to be addressed and they typically tend just to get bigger. I like to start playing with sacred rage and anger and restlessness in a few different ways. So whatever makes you feel the most comfortable, if your anger feels like very physical, like you want to throw things, like you want to like pull your hair out and thrash about, then I would either dance to like music that makes you move. And I mean, like jump up and down, run around the room, like just move your body, but in a very ecstatic, big, all over the place kind of way, because your body is trying to, to get those emotions of, it's not fair. When we lose our, our loved ones, it's just, it's just not fair. There wasn't enough time. Having something so sacred and special taken from you brings up these emotions of like, well, why? And this doesn't make any sense. And this is all bullshit. And how am I ever going to find this again? So the anger is absolutely called for. The anger is absolutely necessary and needed, especially when you're grieving. Anger is normal. It's all about trying to access that those emotions so that you can process them. So they can help you understand and integrate exactly what's going on. And so that it doesn't cause harm down the road. That you don't internalize it and hold it in to such an extent that it starts making you sick. If it feels very physical to you, then try to do physical things safely uh, and don't hold it in. If it feels like you want to scream, if you feel like you're on edge and you just want to like go off on people... I would write a very angry letter and no one has to read it and you can get physical with the paper. When you're done, you can rip it out of the book. You can crumble it up and set fire to it. You can throw the paper up against a wall, whatever it is. It makes you, you think just instinctively is what you feel like you need to do. Same thing goes with the restlessness. And if you're feeling any kind of rage, follow the feeling. Follow the feeling in a safe way, in a place that feels protected. When you're dealing, and I'm sorry, I'm reading the email right now again. So just so when it comes to to anger and the the right here, I love that you said, you know, like the big sad you learn from those feelings and the longing and sitting with all those things. 
So it sounds like you have more understanding of those feelings and those emotions, maybe more experience with them, or you just feel more naturally inclined to be able to sit with those things. And so you're able to have more gentleness and curiosity about those feelings. And again, if you've had any moments where you've been repressed, like, or not allowed to feel other feelings, like again, like the anger, the rage, the restlessness, the anxiety, possibly, then they're going to feel very uncomfortable at first because it's new, it's new territory. You're going to feel weird and off and like, oh, this feels, you know, but it's just like anything else. It just takes practice and patience and then doing it over and over again until you find really what works for you. Finding the right modality, the right outlet to be able to access and or express those feelings, which are, like I said, very common in grief and in bereavement and mourning. And it doesn't, you know, matter. It doesn't matter what you're grieving, to be honest. Those things are pretty typical in most situations that involve loss and death. I'm so grateful for this question. And I hope I was able to answer that thoroughly for you. I hope you're able to bring some, you know, powerful energy and healing into this death anniversary for you and Zoe. I just want to really acknowledge you and that I do absolutely see you and I validate this experience. Pet loss is real. It's tragic, heartbreaking, and my heart is absolutely with you. Absolutely with you. And that's it for this episode. Uh, again, I'm Jessica Reese Mendeville. I am the Death Empath, also known as Death Will Jess. And we will chat soon. Please send me your questions via email or DM. All right. Bye. Thank you.